0: So, my name is Zach, and uh, I am your lead pastor this summer. Um, Aaron Dorman and his family, Pastor Aaron, is on sabbatical for two and a half months, a little under two months now. Um, He'll be back. And so, I want to take an opportunity before we get started this morning just to pray for the Dorman family as they're away. So, let's pray. Lord, we lift up the Dorman family. We lift uh, Aaron and Amy and Thomas to you. Lord, we pray that uh, you would... uh, be with them th- during this time, as they have a time of uh, rejuvenation and um, uh, a time that they can just refresh and Lord, I pray that uh, everything they do um, as they're as they're studying uh, more into your word as they're praying uh, more uh, as they have time to just sit and to uh, just sit in your presence and and to uh, Lord, just grow in you. I pray that they would. I pray that you would spark a fire in their hearts even greater uh, than what it was when they left. And Lord, I pray that they would bring that back. And Lord, as Aaron leads us as a church, that we would grow even closer to you, that we would choose to follow you even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, we have had the op- awesome opportunity to go through the parables of Jesus this summer, and I've already gone through a few. Um, and uh, I've had we're, we're having we have many different speakers, including myself uh, and preachers that will be preaching uh, all of these parables. And uh, so I have the opportunity, the great opportunity uh, to uh, teach on the parable of the talents today. But before we get into that, we're going to say our memory verse. And if you would just pop that on up, I'll have you take control. Uh, our memory verse is in Philippians three seven, and this is a, a verse that Paul writes down and is an amazing verse. It says, but whatever were gains, whatever I counted gain before to me in this life, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Well, those are big words um, for a man who had it all. He was, uh, Paul was a Jew among Jews, a well-respected man, a well-respected religious man, and he was even a man who persecuted Christians. He was there as Stephen was stoned, was there holding the coats of those stoning Stephen. He was a man that was well-respected, well-favored in the Jewish faith, and yet Paul when he had his conversion experience, when he saw who Jesus was, he said, but whatever gains, whatever this life has given me before, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And he even goes on to say, he said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. The greek word there means excrement i consider them excrement that i may gain christ david says in psalms you are better than life talking to the lord he says as a deer pants for the water so my soul longs for you because i want to dwell in the house of the lord forever and gaze upon his presence forever gaze upon his beauty forever the prophet habakkuk in the old testament he also says this he says. Um, just summarizing his, his words, I don't care if I have a home or if I'm homeless, if I have tons of food, if I'm starving to death, if I have friends or if I have no friends, if I'm healthy, if I'm diseased, if I've got you, Lord, I have everything I need. So give me you. I don't care, I don't care about the peripherals. I don't care about anything else, Lord. Just give me you and I'll have all I need. And we see that these men of the Bible, these men that we just heard, uh, they don't compartmentalize their life. They they saw everything in life worthless compared to their ultimate pursuit, compared to the pursuit of Christ. And uh, we see what men of true faith. And I see even today, I've had um, many mentors um, through high school and through college and uh, uh, many men who, um, and I've seen many women also, who um, forsake everything. I mean, their whole life is, um, is Christ. Their whole life is serving Christ. And I have one, one man who was my uh, good friend and a mentor of mine through college, and uh, he would always come up to me, and he would always say, um, he'd always ask me, what can I pray for you this week? How can I pray for you this week? And I would tell him if I had something I need to pray prayer for. And you know how, like, you say you're going to pray for somebody, but then you forget and then the next time you see him, you're like, oh, no, <laughs> I was going to pray for you, and I forgot. And I've, I'm bad, and I've done that before. And, uh, well, this man, um, he would never forget what I asked him to pray for. He would always come back and say, hey, I've been praying for you this week. I've been praying for this and this and this and this, exactly what I told him to pray about. And just what a man of true faith and uh, a man who lived out, his life, uh, lived out Christ in his life uh, through prayer. Um, you know, these men, um, men who decide uh, to serve Christ, they, they sacrifice anything and everything for him, men and women. And, um, you know, uh, we see that uh, they would surrender everything in order to know Christ more and in order to pursue him greater. And so Paul also, we see uh, in Paul's writing, also reaffirms the, the statements of, of David and of Habakkuk, and he says this he says, To live is Christ, to live, if I'm gonna live, I'm gonna live as Christ, to live as Christ, but to die is gain. He says to die is even better than to be alive. What backwards thinking, right? What uh, what different thinking. But God calls us to think differently. You know, he calls us to be um, transformed. By renewing our mind in Christ instead of being conformed to this culture, to this world. And um, he calls us to hold a greater standard. He calls, calls us to uh, hold a greater standard for ourselves and to change the way we view the world. But we'll get all back to that. We'll get back to all that later. Um, but we're going to start into reading this parable of the talents. Um, you know this parable is pretty popular uh it's one of the more popular parables yet as I've been studying as I've been reading commentaries and listening to sermons and reading the parable itself, I've kind of noticed it's been taught not great like kind of wrong, and so we're gonna go through the <laughs> we're gonna go through the scripture and see what you think as uh we go through it. Um, and I'm going to kind of give you, uh, what I believe, uh, what Jesus is trying to get across here in this parable. And so we're going to start in Matthew 25 verse 14. So go back one slide. Yep. All right. For it will be a, like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and to another he gave, uh, one, and then he, um, each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of these servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, He also, who had received one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. And his master said to him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reaped where I have not sown, and gathered where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to him who has ten talents, for to everyone who has will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Seems a little harsh. But I think that last verse um, emphasizes the importance of this parable, emphasizes the importance of this story and what uh, a talent is. And and as we go on this morning, we're going to discover and look at what a talent is. Um, But uh, as we get started, we're going to just go over uh, these verses. We're going to, this story, we're going to go over it verse by verse and kind of understand. Let's understand what Jesus is talking about, Uh, as this is an analogy. um, He's talking about being, I'm sure, being good stewards of your money, right? These two men were good stewards of the money that was given them, and the last one was not. Um, But he's also talking about something different as well. So we're going to go through this verse by verse. In 14 it said, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. So we see that the man intrinsically owns everything that he's about ready to entrust. Um, so he owns everything that he's about ready to give these sermons. Now here's the thing. As I said earlier, the passage has not always been taught uh, very well. And I've heard, I've heard it said as um, I've listened to different sermons and stuff that, that we all have talents. Talents. Right, We all have talents, and we should all use them for the kingdom. We should all use them for Jesus. And while I, while I think that's actually a really, good, um, a really good philosophy, a really good um, thought, I don't think we get this out of this passage at all. And uh, I'll tell you why in a minute. But we're going to go through uh, actually what a talent is. And so a talent um, in this story was actually a weight or a measurement of money. And some believe, um, well, it's a a measurement of silver or gold. And some believe that uh, this measurement was equivalent to about 20 years of wages for the common worker. So it's a very large amount. Um, However, other scholars believe that it could have been like $1,000 worth up to $30,000. So um, there's different thoughts on what a talent is. But um, honestly, it really doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter what exactly it was worth. It doesn't matter the exact amount. What matters is we know that it is an. Imp- it was an important thing. Um, it was a worth, it was a thing of worth. And so um, this man, this master, is putting a lot of trust in these servants. Um, so what comes next in this next verse in 15, um, I'll show you, is is why I'm really convinced that The term talents is not actually talking about our talents or natural abilities. As it says this, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He says in this verse, he says, to each according to his ability. So a talent in this parable are not natural abilities or or talents, but there's something that God gives us that are based off of our natural abilities, that are based off of our talents. Um, the first servant has a great ability. Now, it doesn't say that he has a great ability, but we kind of assume that he has a great ability because the master gave him five talents. I imagine he was a very detailed and driven person who worked hard and, and the master knew he was going to get back um, more than what he gave the servant. And so he gave some, let's say, five grand because we're going to go with $1,000 as a talent um, during this sermon just because... My mind works better with smaller numbers, so uh, so he gives him five grand. Um, and the next person, uh, the next servant he comes to, um, he's maybe not so detail oriented, maybe, but he's uh, he's very driven. He knows that he's going to work very hard for uh, what he what he gives him. and so he gives him two grand. Now the next servant uh, maybe comes in like four hours late. Um, and uh, not very detail oriented, maybe not uh, not very driven. Probably does just enough to get by. And uh, so maybe the master thinks, well, I'll 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 have a, I'll make this a learning experience uh, for this servant, and I'll give him a, I'll give him one grand. How about that? And uh, so we see that the last one doesn't have as great of abilities as the first two. The second one doesn't have as many abilities or talents as the first one, um, but they are all given something. And so we see that the, tru- that the, the master trusts his servants uh, greatly um, with his, the things that he has. Um, so the big mystery of the story we'll, we'll be looking into is, what is a talent for us in 2017? And what is our master entrusting to us? Uh, what is God entrusting to us? Now, in verse 19, it says this, Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So we see here that the talents were not given to the servants for their own, uh, for their own use, right? Because the master said, um, the master comes back and asks to settle the accounts. So they weren't given for their own use. He didn't come back and say, I gave you all this money. What did you spend it on? No, he said, I gave you all this money, where's it at, and what's left of it, right? He comes and settles the accounts. Now we see in verse 20 um, that he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents, here I've made five more. And immediately we see that the person runs out and starts investing what he's given. Now, the master says to him this. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, we have to understand that how we use our talents, whatever those may be when we're talking about talents, how we use those will lead us into the master's joy or they'll lead us somewhere else. And um, we'll get back to that um, at the end. In verse 22, the other servant says, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with the little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. We see here that the second servant is also praised for his work. And even so, the master says the exact same thing that he says to the first one. He says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. And I believe it doesn't matter how much we're given, right? It doesn't matter how much we're given or how little we're given. What matters is what we do with what we're given. If we choose obedience, uh, we will enter, it says, into the master's joy. Verse 24, he says, Also, he who also received one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. And I went, um, so, so here you have what is yours. And this is a very interesting verse. Uh, we see that the servant says, I'm afraid. And I can only think, I can think he was thinking, I didn't, I didn't know how to invest it. I wasn't sure how to invest it. I, I, um, I was afraid that if I did invest it, maybe I'd get back even less, right? Than you gave me. So we see the first and second worker work their tail off, right? To, um, for the master. Yet the, this third worker, he's saying, um, "I just hid it in the ground." And so my question is, what is he doing with all this time, right? And um, Did he really care about the master? Because we see the first two servants, they cared about the master. They invested what he gave them. But did the third servant really care about him? So the master master answered him and said, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown or gather where I have no seed, have not scattered seed? And it's interesting that he uh, makes this phrase a question. I imagine he's thinking, do you think that money grows on trees? Right? Do you think all that I have just fell in my lap? No, I have people that work for me. I work, I work in order to get what I have. Yet the servant doesn't understand, uh, doesn't understand that. And in verse 27, he says, Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what is my own in interest. So take the talents from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given, and he who ha- he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So basically what we see in these verses is that if you invest the money you have, if you invest what you're given, you'll receive more if you don't use it then you lose it, right? You, you lose what the Master uh, gives you. And um, I think it's important. Um, this last verse is so important. And I didn't write this verse down, so I looked it up on my phone real quick. Um, but we see, um, even in other parts of Jesus' teaching, he says, if you don't do the will of your Father... If you don't do the will of your Father, if you don't do what I ask you, then um, how how are you, my child? How are you uh, living for me? And he says this in in Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only ones who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prosper? prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And I think it's important for us to know, for us to realize, that the first two, the first two servants invested the, invested their master's money for their master. And the third one, out of uh, out of selfishness, right, hid the town in the ground. And I think it's important for us, as we read in Matthew 7, um, that we can do a lot of the right things, as we're going to talk about later. We can do all the right, a lot of the right things, but do it for our benefit instead of His. And we're just no, no better than that third servant. And so I think in, really, in order to understand uh, this message and how to apply it to our lives, we need to understand what a talent is uh, for us. And um, we need to understand that there's four key points. There's four key ideas that, of what a talent is. And so the first thing uh, that a talent is is um, something intrinsically that belongs to God. Something that intrinsically belongs to God. Uh, something that is His and not ours. Secondly... It's handed out based on our natural abilities, based on the natural abilities, the talents, the gifts that God has given us. Thirdly, it's given to us not for our own use, but fourthly, it's given to us that we may use it to further the kingdom. So here's what we need to know, and here's what Christ is telling us in this parable. And if you don't get anything out of today, take this home, all right? This text is about what you do with the opportunities. And I'm going to say, I'm going to use opportunities as talents uh, in this story. This text is about what we do with the opportunities that come your way based off of the natural giftings that God has given you. So as we see a talent being an opportunity, it's what we do with the opportunities that come our way based on the natural giftings that God has given us. You know, different people are wired different ways, and as natural abilities grow, grow in us, they become visible to the world, and then more opportunities come uh, to us. And uh, the more natural abilities you have, the more opportunities you'll have. In the same way, the different abilities you have, the different talents you have, the different opportunities you'll have. Um, for example, uh, LeBron James has a little bit different talents than I do, and different abilities... And he's naturally like 6'8 or 6'10. And so he has had different opportunities in his life, right? I always dreamed when I was a little kid that I'd be in the NBA. But I only grew to 6'2 and don't have the skills uh, to do that. So I've had different opportunities in my life, which have been awesome. I, I'm glad. I, I, uh, I'm actually glad that I did not um, end up succeeding in going to the NBA. Um, Peyton Manning, another example, right? He has different talents than I do. He can throw a football a lot farther than I can and more accurate. And so he has different opportunities. He's had different opportunities in his uh, career than I have different in, in his life. So here's what we need to know, um, that th- this parable is not only about how we're being good stewards as it's talking about money in this parable, but as an analogy it 's talking about how are we um, being good stewards with the opportunities that God has given us now hear me i 'm not saying that um, you must do uh, we we must not do anything fun or God is going to disown us. we must not go skiing ever or uh, parasailing or uh, skydiving or <laughs> or going to the movies um, or God will you know, wonder why, why aren't you doing my work right now as you're sitting watching Spider-Man as I did last night? (laughs) No, that's not, that's not at all what I'm saying. You know, God has created everything around us. He's created this world for enjoyment and uh, he wants us to live in, 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 um, in enjoyment and be happy. However, my challenge to you today is in the form of a question and I want you to think about it today and take it home with you. Uh, today, Uh, but my question to you is how do you see the world? Do you see your opportunities, your Saturday, your vacations, your days off to be used for the kingdom, or do you see those to be used for yourself? Are you building up his kingdom, or are you building up yours? And this is a challenge, really is a challenge to me as well as I sit here uh, teaching this parable to you. So why would we surrender everything? Why would we choose to spend every moment investing in the kingdom, uh, just like the first two servants did? Well, the e- easy answer is that the Bible says we're going to be judged off of it, judged by what we do in this life. Um, not that our works save us, but after we're saved, he calls us to do good works. The Bible says this, also, it says, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and, moth and rust do not destroy. It goes on, it says, the, the Bible says, the scripture says that, that what we do in this life will, will determine our gifts that we receive in heaven, our rewards in heaven. We must understand that to gain it all, we must lose, lose it all for his sake. And I think that's what Paul was trying to get across and he says, to live is Christ. I don't need anything else in this world. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. And in order to really do this, in order to gain it all, I surely believe we have to look inside ourselves and see what we value above all else. And then we have to realize that our heart is, um, the Scripture says that... Um, our heart is deceptive above all things. And uh, as I say that, it always reminds me of this song that was like back in the 90s or something like that, that uh, said, listen to your heart uh, when he's calling for you. Listen to your heart when <laughs> you don't know what to do, right? <laughs> but it's, to- it's totally the world, right? Like, listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. You're going to go far. Listen to your heart. You'll succeed in these areas. Just listen to your heart. And uh, you'll be on the right path. And God says, "No, no, no, no! Don't listen to your heart. What are you doing? Right? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me." So when you go, just I I, I challenge you to look back, um, to really evaluate your life, to step back, um, and to look at your finances. Look at your bank statements. Look at how you're spending your time. Ask yourself, am I really, am I really serving God? Am I really living for Him? Because those things don't lie. Like, those things are facts, right? Are we more like the third servant uh, who wants to take uh, those opportunities, the talents that God has given him, and uh, hide them in the ground? Or are we going to be like the first two servants who decide to take the talents, to take the opportunities that God has given them, and to invest them in the kingdom? Find out what you value most. If it's not God, I challenge you to bury it. Now the thing is, God is not honored with begrudging submission or selfish followers, right? He's not honored in us doing what he wants Just because we have to, Uh, he's saying, "Yep, there's no way around it. The Bible says I got to do it, so I got to do it. Right? I gotta gotta read my Bible every day. Read my Bible, pray every day. Got to go to church every Sunday. Got to tell others about Jesus just because I got to." (laughs) No, he wants us to live. He wants us to live for him, just because we want to live for him, Um, not ourselves. And it's something that we get to do, not something we have to do. Um, we, we don't we don't have to do this begrudgingly or even, or even with selfish motives. Uh, you know, sometimes it's easy to do the right things for the wrong reasons. Sometimes it's easy to do the work that God has given us just because we want to look good. Right? And Matthew 6, 1 says, it says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you have no reward from the Father in Heaven. It says, don't do the things I ask you to do just because you want to look good. and Because if you do, you don't have a reward in heaven. So what's the point? You see, Christ came to transform our thinking. Instead of thinking, I have to follow him, or how can I make myself look good by following Christ, I think, how can I get more of him? There's no one else on earth I'd rather be with. There's no one else on earth I'd rather serve. See, the only way to walk in freedom is to live your life with an open hand. And what I mean, you're thinking, what does he mean by an open hand? Well, what I mean by living your life with an open hand is by not grasping on to anything, to surrender it all, to not hold on to anything where God says, I want everything. And you say, yes, you can have everything, but this in my hand, right? I'm going to hold on to this. I surrender all. I surrender all but what's in my hand. (laughs) Right? No, he wants everything. That's why I appreciate Larry's message so much this morning. We didn't talk about what we're going to be talking about. But uh, he was saying about fully surrendering to God. Hold nothing back. You know, the only way to walk in freedom, like I said, is to live life with an open hand. To hold nothing back and to keep nothing from the Lord. And I promise you this. If you go, go where he calls, if you do what he says, if you surrender everything to him and hold nothing back, then you'll exit this life with no regrets. And as we surrender to him, we see that, um, as it says in this scripture, that, um, that we will receive, we will enter into the master's joy. See, God is all about our joy. He wants us to enter into joy. And as he says to these servants in the parable, he'll say to us as we enter the kingdom, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the master's joy. We must let go and let God use us by being obedient to him, using every opportunity, investing everything we have into the kingdom of God. So in this mindset, of using every opportunity for the Lord. I have a few commitments that you can make this week. I think the key is being intentional. And as opportunities arise, um, sometimes it's easy not to even think about it and to use those opportunities for ourselves. And, uh, but I believe if we're intentional, if we um, truly seek after God in all things, if we commit to Him each week, each day, to live for Him, when those opportunities come we can uh, we can realize that those opportunities are here to glorify him to to build the kingdom instead of ourselves and so I want us to commit commit to a few things uh, the first thing I'd like us to commit to is uh, memorize that Philippians uh, three seven verse and such an awesome verse by paul um, and it should be the prayer of our hearts too that that um, um, that we can uh, say uh, to our Lord that whatever gains whatever this life has given to me, I consider them lost for your sake, I consider them lost for the sake of Christ now, um, I also would like you to read matthew twenty five if you would like to it 's not that long it has three really cool stories in it. uh one of those parables we will be going over I think one or i can't remember if it 's one or two of those will be go we'll be going over. Later in the summer, so you'll just have a head start if you read Matthew 25. Um, In the next one, I'd like you to surrender. And as we make these points each week, as we make these commitments points, it's always memorize, read, pray, and do. And so as you surrender this week, I'd like you to, to go, as I was talking about, just to go home, reflect on this, reflect on your life, Ask God to reveal to, your, to you what is in your hand. What aren't you letting go? And Ask God to help you surrender that to him. And the fourth thing is hold nothing back. Just like the first two servants. They uh, immediately, after been giving, after they were given five talents, after they given the two talents, they went out and they invested in the kingdom. So use those opportunities you have. Use those opportunities you have. For the kingdom, hold nothing back. Um, for Christ.